Uh, good morning to you. It's such a joy to uh, come uh, today to bring the word. I hope you're keeping safe. I hope you're well. I hope your families, um, the loved ones, everybody's well. Uh, today I want to bring God's word to you. I want to thank Duncan for the opportunity to uh, bring this word today. And I trust that it's going to bless your heart. It's going to bless your lives. And I trust that God will use me to help, help you. Will use me to charge and encourage and exalt uh, everyone listening to this today. So the last few weeks, uh, Duncan has been looking at Matthew chapter 5 from verses 1 to 12. So Duncan has talked about the secret of happiness. Uh, I want to urge you, if you have not listened to that, to go back uh, for the last two Sundays uh, to listen to uh, those two lovely uh, messages. Uh, he spoke about what is the secret of happiness and how can we be in that state of happiness. Now today, what I want to do is to take a step further to look at the next set of verses uh, going beyond what Duncan has done for the last two weeks. Uh, so before we go, I'd just like to pray. So Lord, we just thank you for this awesome time. We bless your holy name for such uh, a great opportunity to be a blessing to your people. And Lord, I just pray that Lord, you will speak through me. I pray for everyone that will listen to this word today, that there will be a doer of the word and it will be a blessing to them. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now I must say before I continue that this word I'm about to bring to you is something that affects me as well. Uh, uh, the last uh, few weeks I've been praying about it. I've been asking the Lord to help me uh, to be what I am telling you. Okay, so this message will not end in itself. So it's, one of, it's not one of those messages that we listen to and we get it. Yes, we, we will get it. But there's an expectation to intentionally or deliberately begin to think about what I will say to us today. And so for me as well, it's something I want to keep praying to God about. And I trust that you understand what I'm saying by the hand of uh, this scripture. So we'll pick a text from Matthew 5. Uh, we'll be looking at verses 13 to 16. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it on a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let your light shine uh, before all to see, so everyone will praise you your father in heaven. So today, uh, I want to bring you what you have captioned, or true identity. 
And I want to look at our true identity in two subcategories. I want to look at the sort identity and I want to look at the light identity. Okay, now I, I, I must say before we go on that Matthew chapter 5 talks about Jesus' uh, deliberate uh, messages to his disciples. Okay, if we look from Matthew 4 towards the last verses, so Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says in verse 1 of Matthew 5 that as Jesus, as one day as he saw the crowd gathering, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So this is a call to discipleship. This is discipleship, oh God. This is disciples leaving. Okay, so what Jesus is emphasizing in these verses is a call to who we are supposed to be. So Jesus is deliberately saying some things to his disciples. Okay, so from verse 3, it began to talk about the blessed is uh, the poor in spirit, for this is the kingdom of God. Okay, and up to verse 12, it began to say these critical things, and I and I Duncan has covered those in the last two weeks. So like I say, if you want to get more, please go back to what he um he spoke about for the last two Sundays. But from verse 13, it will just change the direction of what they say. And it began to say, You are the salt of the heart. Now, the emphasis I want to bring from that is it says you are. Okay, so what is that? So you are. Now when we use the word you are, I can say that you are beautiful. You are amazing. You are wonderful. Okay, so when I use the word you are, I'm trying to describe an identity of what I have seen in somebody. Okay, if I say that you are beautiful, I am saying that I have identified that that person is beautiful. If I say to that person that you are a go-getter, the person may have done something that demonstrates that. So when we use the word you are, we, we confer an identity on something. So identity is very important. I have a name. So my name is Dio. I've got a lovely wife. My name is Fumi. I've got two lovely children, David and Lois. Okay, now each of them has a name. I have a name, so when I go somewhere and somebody calls my name, I am able to respond to that name. So when somebody says, Dio, I am saying that, yeah, I'm I. Okay, I'm identified by that name. If somebody, so if we say we went somewhere and somebody shout for instance, say, Karis, you know, everyone will not turn back because it's only the person whose name is Karis will turn back and say, oh, you are calling me. Okay, because she identifies by that description. Likewise, as Christians, God has given us an identity. So we have an identity in Christ Jesus. And my question to you this morning is, do you know your true identity? Do you know who you are? Do you know what God has called you? Are you living your life? Or are you demonstrating or exhibiting the true identity that God has called you? Okay, we see now what today that identity crisis is a big thing. You see, people try to steal other people's identity to steal from them. Okay, because they realize that uh, 
identity is such a big thing and we look in our, in our world as well okay we know that we've got the pandemic and then we look beyond that we we see the black life movement as well okay it's a search for identity okay it's a it's a yearning for people to be identified as equal so identity is such is so important in our societies and when you fill a form they say identify who you are Okay, so identity is so important, and I want to stress that this morning that God expects us to know who we are in Him. So, as Christians, we must know our identity. And may I say to you this morning that Jesus is deliberately telling His disciples the identity He wants them to see of themselves. Okay, it's describing the kind of identity he wants them to exemplify wherever they are. So, who are you? Do you know who you are? Now, when I said that, I do not mean that to be disrespectful. You know your name, but do you know what God has called you to do? Do you know what he has given to you? Do you value yourself? Okay, there's somebody listening to me today and you feel you're not happy with yourself. Okay, you're always looking at yourself and you feel I'm not worthy, I'm not beautiful, I'm not valuable. I want to say to you today that you are beautiful, you are amazing, you are lovely. There's something great about your life. You are not a mistake. Okay, it doesn't matter how you were conceived, it doesn't matter how your life has been for the last few years. All that matters today is that when God sees you, God sees you as my daughter. God sees you as his daughter. God sees you as his son. Okay? You are beloved. You are loved by God. And you mustn't forget that, that God loves you so dearly and he wants you to recognize that. You see, when people don't know who they are, they start asking questions. They start searching for answers. You see, I watch programs on TV, you know, who do you think you are? Because people are searching for their true identity. So I want to hold you this morning to know your identity. And what I want to talk about in the next few minutes is to help you to see how God sees you. Your true identity. And the first identity I want to talk about is a salt identity. Okay? It is a salt identity. And when I say, so when we become Christians... Uh, that is just the starting point. God wants us to go out there and affect our generation. He wants us to go out there and be the difference. He wants us to go out there and be the and, and, and change the landscape. Okay? Change the scenery. Do something amazing. Okay? Change things. And that is what God has called us to be. So the first thing he said is that you are the salt of the hurt. You are the salt of the earth. So, I want you to say to yourself that I am the salt of the earth. That means that God has conferred to you an identity that you are not just a nobody. You see, you are the salt of the earth. But what does that mean? When we say you are the salt of the earth, what does that actually mean? Now, I just want to say something very quickly. You say, I, I, my wife loves cooking. And I'm so blessed to have a wife that cooks a lot. And I know that oftentimes when she cooks, uh, she's very careful with salt because she doesn't. Because if you put too much salt, you know the flavor will not uh, not be great. 
So she she tries to put measured salt into whatever she's cooking so that the flavor and the taste can come out together. So likewise, God has called us to add flavor, to add salt to this world. Okay, we must remember that we are not just Christians for the word, but we are Christian in action. Okay, we must go out there. We must affect our generation. You see, salt is only useful when it's mixed. Salt is only useful when it's in contact with things. Okay, so God expects us to have contact without contamination. You see, there's no way you can know the value of salt if it doesn't come in contact with things. Okay, so when salt comes in contact with, let's say you're you're making some some rice or you're just doing some cooking when you put some salt there the salt begins to define the aftertaste of what you're cooking because salt is so powerful that it can it can alter things and god has called us as christians to change the landscape when so your place of work god has made you the salt in your place of work in your family god has made you a salt okay when you look around you and you see decay because you see salt preserves okay salt preserves so when you put salt in let's say meat or you put it in, in something it, it preserves the meat from decaying so god has called us to step in to preserve the world from decaying there's so much decay around us today and as Christian, he has called us to speak into every decay. So if you look around, if you look at your family, you see if there's anyone who is not a Christian, or you see people not living lives as they should, God has called you to speak into that decay, to challenge the decay, to say, no, I am a soul, and I'm going to speak into it. But God has called me, in that description god has called me in that description so salt is effective in the mixing okay so we have god has called us to call the world to standards okay there's so much decay around us today if we look everywhere there's so much decay you know and people find it difficult to talk today okay political correctness is, is something that has you know taken over and you have to be careful what you say today but as Christians, God demands of us, He expects of us, to speak into the decay of our society. To be the beacon of hope. To challenge things. To say, no, this is not how things should be done. Okay? We must be the difference. We must have flavor. We cannot afford decay to continue around our lives. Okay? When we see our children not following God. We need to go on our news and say, Lord, these kids are decayed. Lord, I need to put salt in it. And God, make me the salt. You know, you begin to cry to God. You see your country not responding to God. You need to go on your news and say, God, this cannot happen. People are dying. Lord, I am a salt. I have, you have called me to speak to decay. And Lord, I speak to this decay around my life. Okay, if you look at your family history, you see people not doing very well. And you look at your life and you seem to have the same pattern. You need to say that God, no, it stops with me. Things cannot continue like this, oh God. 
Help me to be the difference. Help me to add salt, to put flavor, to put flavor in things. And that is so important. Okay, so salt is to enhance taste. Salt is to preserve from decay. God has called us to preserve the word from decay. And we must rise up. So we as a church have been set in the world with a double role to assault, to arrest. We must arrest social decay. That is very important. Okay, we must arrest social decay. We must rise up and we must challenge what we believe is not correct. Okay, and in a place of work as well. Okay, you have, you've got friends and family that, that are not Christians. So you must rise up and say, I want to be the salt. I want to provide text. I want to have measured tests. I've got to mix contact without contamination. Okay, I'm going to have contact, but I will not be contaminated. Instead, I will have flavor. Instead, I will have change. You see, many lives, many lives, many lives are tasteless. And they are waiting for you as a salt. Would you rise up today? Would you speak to that person? Would you write a text message? There are so many people that are grieving. There are so many people that are going through crisis. Would you be the salt in their lives? Would you text that person? Would you call that person? Would you pray with that person? That person is yearning, is longing. Because his life is tasteless. And God has made you a salt would you rise up, my friend, to the challenge of that God is placing on your lives today? To say, God, help me. Because the next thing that he says is that, well, what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? What good is Christianity without impact? What good is life without impact? God has called us salt and he looks in heaven and says, look, my son, my daughter, I have placed so much in your life, but what are you doing with it? How are you living your life today? How are you impacting your world? Are you being a salt or you're just there in the car? Okay, many Christians are just there seated, you know, in the thing, you know, they're not being sprinkled everywhere. Because salt is meant to be sprinkled everywhere. Because it is only when salt is sprinkled that you begin to see the effect of salt. You see, when during winter you sprinkle salt everywhere, and what happens? It lowers the melting point. Let's not go into science. Okay? Because salt is important. And God expects and demands of us that we must be the difference wherever we find ourselves. Because if salt has lost its flavor, how can we salt it again? We cannot. It is therefore good for nothing and is trampled underfoot as worthless. We cannot afford to get to that point. We cannot afford to lose our saltiness because that will be chaotic to the kingdom of God. Because God is looking for men and women that will rise up and be salty. We cannot afford to lose our saltiness. Have you been compromised? Have you compromised? Have you done things that you shouldn't do? And you're watching me today and say, God, maybe I've lost my saltiness. Or by, or by chance, you don't feel that you've got salt in yourself. Or you're not a Christian. May I say to you today that God loves you. And he wants you to be the salt of the earth. You can consider 
today to give your life to Jesus. It will make you the person he wants you to be. He's got so much in stock and plan for your life. Okay, so we cannot afford to lose our saltiness. Okay, so Lord, I pray, may I be relevant in my generation. Lord, I pray, oh God, I will not lose my saltiness. I will not lose that which you have given to me. Okay, because that is what God demands of us. That we cannot afford to lose our flavor. We cannot afford to lose our flavor. That is so important because there's no way we can be salty again. But if you have lost, if you feel that you've lost your saltiness, we can go back to God. I say, God, this is my life. Take my life and let it be your God. Consecrate a lot unto you. Take my thoughts, take my time, take everything, oh God. I lay it at your feet today. Very important. Now, the next thing that he says is that you are the light of the world. Okay, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. God has called us to dispel the darkness of this world. We cannot afford to cover our light. You see, the salt dimension is the taste dimension. The light dimension talks more about dispelling darkness. Okay, you know, the Bible says that in, in John, that the light shines in darkness and darkness cannot comprehend. So God has called us to be the light in a dark world. Okay, this world is dark and we are the light of this world. And God is laying this on our hearts today, that you are the light of the world. Okay, you are a city that is set on a hill. Which means that as Christians, God has called us to a high standard. Because when you are a city set on a hill, you are seen by everyone. And that's what scares me as a Christian. And that's what I'm saying to you today. That what I'm preaching to you is what I'm preaching to myself. Because I'm saying that God, my life is for all to see. Okay? I am not a politician, but Christians' lives... It's like that as well, because when you're a politician, you're in the public domain, people see what you do. And so as Christians as well, we are called to live that kind of life. That is scary. We are called to live that kind of life, because our lives like a city set on a hill. We cannot be hidden. God has not called us to hide ourselves. Men must see us and say, I want to serve your God. How many times have people said to you, I want to serve your God? Oh, I love your Christianity. I want to serve your God. How many times have people looked at your life and said, Oh, I love him. Oh, look at what he's doing. Oh, this is amazing. I want to serve his God. I want to love his God. I want to follow him. How many times have we had the opportunity for people to look at our lives and say, 
if this is what Christianity is all about, I want to be one. The one I pray for in my place of work is what I pray for when I go out to play football, when I go out to the supermarket, when I go out everywhere. I want people to see my life. I'm a city set. I want people to say, I love your God. I want to follow him. In John chapter 4, when Jesus spoke to that woman, the Samaritan woman, and when Jesus dealt with her, the Bible says that she went to the city and called everyone. Oh, may we have such encounters, my friend. May we have encounters that people will see our lives and say we want to follow your God. Ruth said to uh, Naomi, he said, where you go, I will go. Where you'll be, I will be. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Friends, it's time to rise up as light. We've got to say, God, use me. Let my light shine before men. I want people to say, like Ruth, that your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I love your God. I love the way you live your life. I want to. That is church, my friend. Church is not just joining or coming together. Church is being set on the hill, my friend. Church is living lives for Jesus, letting the light shine before man. Is your light shining? Are you the salt of the earth? How are you living your life today, my friend? What good is salt that has lost its flavor? What good is light that is kept under the basket? What is the usefulness of church without impact? What is the usefulness of a life that is called of God and people don't see anything in that life? When Jesus lived, everywhere he went, he was doing good. As the Father sent him, he has sent us to live as light. You see, my friend, when you are light, you don't need to shout. See, the cheapest way to defeat darkness is to switch on the light. So when you go to your church, when you go to your place of work, you should be able to say, the light has come. You know, Isaiah 60 said, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of God is risen upon you. Jesus called himself the light of the world. In John 8 verse 12, the Bible says that I am the light of the world. So when Jesus came, he is the light. And my friend, when Jesus came, people saw the light. People saw the light. When people see you, do they see the light? Does your life encourage people to consider being a Christian? Are you an example to follow? Or are you a mistake to avoid? Is a Christianity a mistake to avoid? Will people say you want to see your life? No, no, no. I don't want to be a Christian. Or do people see you and say, yes, come on, this life is good. I want to be a believer. 
want to be a Christian. I want to be like Ruth. That where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I want people to say that to me, my friend. I want my colleagues, I want people I meet to say, I love your God. I love your story. I want to be a Christian. Because today, oftentimes, we don't talk. Because light, you don't have to talk to be relevant because you are light. You see, when you go in the midst of darkness, darkness must sense it. You see, when people come around you, do they sense the light? Do people feel thirsty when they leave and thirsty, cold and uncold? Do people feel thirsty when they come around you? Do people feel that that darkness has been dispelled by coming to you? In your place of work, in your business. When your friends and colleagues see you, do they see something that there's something different about Dyer? That's a cry of my heart. I want people to see that I am not just a Christian in words. I want to, I want to live that life every day. And that is why I said to you that what I'm saying to you today scares me because it's something that affects my life as well. Are you a nurse? Are you a teacher? Are you a banker? You have your business? Would you consider that you're actually shining as light? Would you say that? Are your colleagues just saying that there's something about you and they want to follow your God? As church, how are we living our lives? You see, a church is enough for a city. A church is enough for a village. A church is enough for a town. And many churches out there. And I just said to you today, that God has called us to affect our generation. He has called us to affect the world. But we have so many churches. And I'm just praying that God, may we see ourselves as one. And go into the midst of darkness. And affect darkness. Church should not be low in numbers. We must be resolute and say, God, we will stand. We will pray. We will go out there. Because we are light in the darkness. Now, I love the song that says that Waymaker is a miracle worker, is a promise keeper, is a light in the darkness. I just said to you today that God has called us light. So I just say and I sing that song in a different way. That yes, he's a way maker, he's a miracle worker, he's a promise keeper. I am a light in the darkness. God has called me to be a light in the darkness. He is a light, yes. I he has called me to be a light as well. Because you are the light of the world. God has called me to be a light in the darkness. And I'm praying to God today for you and for myself that we will come to that point that we understand that we are salt and we are light to our world. We, must, we cannot change the good news. We cannot change the message. Truth is truth. It's not relative. It is absolute. We must have contact without contamination. So I'd like to end with this, my friend, that God has called us to be light of the world. Why is city? Men must see our good deeds. And the only way they can see our good deeds is 
it has got to be people we have got to shine out for all to see but that's what it says so let your good shine for all to see that they will praise your father in heaven Lord may my life cause men to praise you may my life not dispel men may my life not repel men from you oh God may my life oh God be an example to follow not a mistake to avoid Lord for those that have lost their saltiness for those that feel they don't know their identity, Lord, reveal yourself to them today. May we know you like never before. Oh, my friend, have you lost your saltiness? Are you a Christian? Do you know him? I will hold you today to consider Jesus into your heart. Oh, he's got so much plans for you. The thought he has for you are thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a hope and to give you a future. You cannot hide your light. Your sword cannot just sit on the table. It's called table sword. But your sword cannot sit on the table. You know, imagine somebody like a table sword in a canteen and all you're just there, you're just sitting on the table, doing nothing. Not affecting lives. It is time to be sprinkled, my friend. It is time to be sprinkled, my friend. It is time to... Be sprinkled. It is time for people to look at their lives and glorify our Father in heaven. The church or the individual Christian who profess to believe one thing but does another and who looks like the rest of the world is often scorned by the world. We cannot afford to live like the world. Then we are of all men most miserable. What marks us out as Christians? What? The Bible says in Acts that they saw and they were called Christians. So we cannot afford not to live out our lives as light and salt. We've got to be intentional. So we've got to pray that God help me. To live a life of salt and a light of life. I want to hand to bring a challenge to us today. And I hope that you have been blessed by what I've brought today. So I just want to pray. Lord, we just thank you. Help us to be the light in the darkness. Help us to be the salt. In this decaying world. Help us. To live a life. That demonstrates. Our identity. Lord may we not. No more oh God. Live. As if we are worthless. That from now on oh God. We we'll begin to understand that you have called us. To be light and salt. We are a city set. Oh God. You are a city that is set. My friend, you are a city that is set. You are a city that is set. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You cannot afford to lose your saltiness. If you think that you've lost something, if you think that you've compromised, if you think that your testimony is not great, please get in touch with Duncan. 
And we'd like to pray with you. We would like to hear your story. We would like to encourage you. We would like to be a blessing to you. Thank you, Father. Help us to live our lives as salt and as light. And that you'll be happy that we are the salt of the earth. And we have the light of the world. God bless you.